Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas here with Robert Ferris. Good to see you again, Robert. Good to see you too, George. So, uh, getting ready for RAM. At our first show, what have you done in the month between then as far as feeling like I'm getting ready for RAM? So uh, there's there's twofold to that question. The first one is obviously my training miles continue to increase. I've uh, been able to work up to 200-mile weekends now, which is two six-hour rides. And then uh, on top of that, I've started the fundraising campaign, which obviously is a big part of the RAM process. So I have... Uh, partnered with the Colorado Cancer Research Program, CCRP, and we're going to be doing a series of fundraiser events as well as an ongoing fundraiser online to raise money for uh, cancer research and clinical trial research across the country. What do you do now that it's off-season, though? Do you take a break? I, I mean, you're ramping your training up. You've gotten up to 200 miles a weekend. I went skiing last weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's going to be on the agenda. It's getting a little cold out there. Uh, so as far as off season goes, I actually, uh, I was coming back from a slight injury over the summer. I had torn my AC joint in my right shoulder in a bike crash, uh, just my own stupidity. I wish I had a better story, but, uh, basically that kind of took my, my summer and gave me a whole lot of rest. So starting in the fall is something that I've been doing with collegiate cycling for a long time. And just taking that through the winter, if you're looking at your season ending in June, uh, it's not unreasonable to consider this the base time for me. That's basically how I'm approaching it. So what plans do you have as weather gets more inclement? Uh, of course, here it's pretty balmy all the time for a Minnesota boy. Yeah. Well, it, I feel like that would have been true last year. I'm, I'm starting to go soft again already. Oh. Coming back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, basically, you know, what we're looking at is changing up the training plan a little bit over the winter. Um, obviously we have a lot of good snow around here and some phenomenal elevation and mountains. So what I'll be doing is one weekend, one day a weekend, I'll be getting out and skiing. It'll be either backcountry skiing uh, where you're trekking up the, the mountain. Basically you'll do an hour and a half climb with 35 pounds on your back and then maybe get a 30 minute nice ride down the mountain. You'll do that a few times. Um, or we'll go cross-country skiing, as we mentioned last time. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I are thinking about picking up a new pair of skis and going up to Eldora or something really close, close and convenient and just do a few rounds of that. Um, basically, it's just keeping the cardio going, giving us a little bit of variety. But um, you know, most of my quality intervals, everything that I would consider training, would still be on the bike, either on a trainer indoors 
or if I get lucky, a nice warm day outside. If I'm not lucky, a really cold day like Saturday. Which outside. around here, though, I mean, you've really got such a variety of weather and terrain. You know, we get a huge snow dump, and then it's gorgeous. Yeah, you know, and it's, the roads uh, are dry and clear. Yeah, within a few hours, it's it's pretty amazing. Even if it's 40 degrees outside, if it's sunny, you can be out and just uh, vest in some arm warmers yeah. a lot of times. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be too bad. I think we'll probably have a few weekends that are really bad, where we would consider probably spending a really long monotonous day on the trainer which i'm sure we've all done at some point but uh outside of that i think it'll be okay now where are you in regards to your crew gathering crew training do you have a crew chief selected and confirmed Mm -hmm. so uh my sister's going to be the crew chief yep she's a whippersnapper she'll whip everybody into shape and i trust her with my life so that's obviously very important uh also she knows me very well as a cyclist she was the crew chief for my minnesota ram challenge so she kind of knows the ups and downs. She's been to every single one of my Ironmen. So she's seen me in the, the bad states that I've been in in the past. So I trust her. Um, as far as the other crew, we have about, what I would say, two-thirds done. We have some friends confirmed uh, either for the full two weeks or a one-week stint where we're going to maybe juggle halfway through the country. Uh, we're rounding out with a few more requests to friends. And then we'll probably open that up if we're still looking for a couple more people to local endurance athletes that are interested in that and it's it's an okay time for them from a training perspective but you know the biggest thing you have to think about there's personality types and how they're going to get along Um, and that's actually been a huge selection criteria you know i have a lot of friends that i love and i'm not inviting them to my ram crew because the personalities wouldn't mesh when you're exhausted and sleep deprived and hungry and you're sitting in a car for 12 hours at a time. And that way they will remain friends that you <laughs> yeah, love. Exactly. Exactly. That's an important point, too. Now, I am not a huge miles guy, as people who know me will happily attest. Uh, yeah, I see people that say, oh, you have to get 20,000 miles in before Ram. It's like, mm. no, you don't. I've no. done Ram solo with 6,000 miles. Um, but I, what I did have was you know, overnight riding experience, um, a 500 mile race and things like that, which are really nice to at least have that under your belt going into something like this. Are you, we talked a little bit about events coming up. Um, are you looking at doing a really long training ride, a 1200 K 600 K anything like that? Yeah. You know, that's, um, something I was debating a lot. You have, uh, the benefit of a lot of experience with these ultra endurance rides. So you kind of know, or at least have experience with dealing with the kind of things that you'll get exposed to. Your body will change, what food you're going to eat, dehydration, coming back from that. I don't have a ton of that experience. So while I agree with you that you don't need a ton of miles, I mean, the majority of training is to get you as strong as possible for the race event. And going anything over six hours kind of drains from that reservoir more than helping you. I need to balance that with some sort of training that is experience-based to at least put me in a situation where I'm uncomfortable, where I've been riding longer than I want to, and kind of at least touch the boundaries of what we may experience at RAM. So I put together uh, some blocks in my training program where I will do those types of experience rides with a planned recovery afterwards. The way I'm approaching that is I have a training camp. Um, it is in 
late February, early March, where I'll be doing a week block. I'll take some time off of work and just put on a lot of miles. And there I'll actually practice my sleeping program. So I have a few days where I'll only sleep an hour and a half, maybe three hours a day, and see how I react to that when I'm riding. I won't do the overnight ride yet, but I will practice the sleeping. So I'll stay up, I'll relax, and just see how that goes. The second training block, I'll be doing an overnight ride. I hope to do it in coordination with one of the local brevets that we have here. I know we have a 360-kilometer and a 600-kilometer brevet. At least give me some company while I'm riding, hopefully, or something like that. Um, but basically, I'll do an overnight ride there and then try to sleep an hour and a half to three hours and then do another ride the next day. Just a long ride, 8, 12 hours, something like that, just to see how that feels. Um, I'm trying not to put myself too much in the hurt box uh, and take myself too much out of training. But um, you really do need some sort of experience before you go into RAM. You don't want to go in totally naive and unprepared. Uh, for that kind of thing. And that, you couldn't have said any better. Oh, well, I appreciate it. That's a good vote of confidence. You know, George, I really have no idea what I'm doing right now, so that helps a lot. Thanks. <laughs> One, you know, I think doing the Brevet series is really, really smart. And, you know, if you did a 600K with them and then took your sleep break and did that same route again, because I know the 600K out here is super mountainous, um, you know, that would be really good training for you. Are you going to do any rides though, where you're able to get out with your crew, people who haven't, um, done anything like this at all before, and at least get them in the van and, and showing them what this is going to be like. Yeah. You know, that's actually something that I don't think I'm going to be able to do. It may be an issue. I know it's a potential failure point, but, um, my crew is dispersed across the country and getting them out for the two weeks is a huge ask. So we have uh, three out of the six people that helped us with the uh, Minnesota Ram Challenge on the crew. So they know me. They know what the ups and downs are going to look like. And they'll be able to help me out with some of the troubleshooting. We'll have a near, some uh, series of conference calls, too. We'll get everybody together. I'm like, okay, this is the plan. This is, you know, this is how we're going to uh, handle the day shift and the night shift logistics also we'll go through eating strategies and then we'll talk about some of the common pitfalls uh, we my wife and I have put together a list of things that could get me out of the race and we're gonna put problem and then potential solutions next to them so they'll have like a cheat sheet just trying to anticipate as much as possible but uh, no we won't be able to get everybody together that's that's a big ask um, for uh, for a lot of my friends with vacation time in, in mind are you having uh, phone meetings with people that have already agreed to be on the crew yet? We're, we're going to start doing that pretty soon. We've gotten the yes, no's, and maybes on a list. And we're like I said, we're trying to collect a couple more people. And then we'll start organizing a couple of calls and we'll get everybody together. Yeah, that, that's part of the, the planning process. But, you know, we still have six months. So a lot of things can change between now and then. And I love what you just said because that was leading into my next question. Yeah. We're at that point where you feel like, yeah, you know, I still got six months. And before you know it, you're going to be at, whoa, there's only three months to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not kidding. It goes so fast. Mm -hmm. um, it's just unbelievable how quick it gets here. Mm -hmm. And things that you thought, oh, yeah, I got plenty of time to get that done back in December. Or actually, it's still November. Um, all of a sudden, it's just becoming this time crunch. So sticking to your your schedule now is 
just so important. Yep, yep. So we have uh, we've got a lot of things already organized. Uh, I think it's uh, a scenario of careful planning and then rapid execution. So we have uh, the food lists and everything that we need to buy already organized. And I've went into my personal planners and I've put in month markers where I'll need to get certain stuff done. So we'll have a gear upgrade to make sure we have all my tires and chain and and um, um, shifters, everything cleaned up before the race. And then we have another gear marker where we have to make sure we, we have all the right equipment for the race. They have to get a third bike set up that we have, you know, basically in parts in the garage. So we'll get that organized and, and uh, get it ready to go. So, and then along with that is the, the calls for the crew and making sure we have all the logistics planned out. So all those things are, they're planned out. Uh, it's just, you can't do them too early or people forget, or you do them, you know, if you don't plan for them properly, you'll do them too late. So we got, we got a good organization system going so far. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Know how many vehicles you're going to use yet? We will have two vehicles. We're going to be using, we have the RV, which is kind of like the mothership, and then we'll have a, our Subaru that'll be the follow car. So even taking that into the shop and making sure everything's working properly is on the list. Yeah. And how many crew are you looking to get? We're hoping for eight. I think eight would be a healthy number. Uh, you could probably get away with six, but I'd be worried about people getting tired. Um any more than that, I think it might be a crowd, too many chefs in the kitchen kind of a scenario. So we're trying to keep it lean, keep it simple with some good people that really are kind of excited about it. And um, they kind of get that, that edge of competition a little bit too. So it uh, turns into a pretty short list anyway. Your biggest concern right now in the planning process, any ner any nerves, any worries, not about you and the race, but what's kind of your biggest obstacle that you're looking at right now? Right now, it is funding. Fundraising is the biggest priority. I mean, it's there's a $3,000 entry fee, and you're dealing with a $5,000 RV fee, and that's eight grand just coming out of the gate. That kind of thing, you just you want to make sure you're taking care of early on. So we're doing the fundraiser. We have a $30,000 fundraising goal for the CCRP. I'm working with uh, Dave uh, in the organization. We'll have a series of events. We'll have some big promotions to the newspaper and uh, hopefully some um, local like restaurant sponsors, and then personal donations of people who have had K 
cancer or have known somebody who's fighting cancer and uh, just having them associate with all the amazing work that the CCRP is doing. Um, I personally have had uh, a lot of experiences with friends and family who have had cancer, so it's a personal uh, motivator for me too, starting when I was four years old when my mother was fighting stage three ovarian cancer. I mean, it's, it's something that has touched my life in a lot of different ways. So getting my story out and just working with uh, local people who find that connection and just helping to organize and, and donate as well as support this event. Where can people go to get more information about the foundation or make a donation? So CCRP is available with, uh, uh, online, uh, ccrp.org. Um, also, I have the personal fundraiser up under CrowdRise. It's a crowd-based um, fundraising site. You just search for Rob Does Ram, uh, just like our podcast, and uh, you can find it online. I also have a Facebook page, and people can follow me on Strava. Uh, and uh, just see how the training's going and all the crazy things that I've been doing. Post a lot of photos. Things you're doing as you're putting your budget together as ways to cut expenses. Any thoughts there? Well, the first big one is to use our own car as a follow car. We're not renting another minivan yet. Two thumbs up on that one. Uh, that was a huge cost savings. Um, a lot of the stuff that would be big expenses, I was fortunate enough to have already. I have a time trial bike i have a road bike they're both in great condition really nice high-end you know, uh, performance bikes um i have race wheels uh i have a lot of the gear that we would need um already so that's really good i think the biz biggest expenses after that are going to be travel just to get everybody out to the race uh buying a whole lot of food and water um and then gasoline and a whole lot of gasoline to feed that rv exactly yeah it's not gonna be pretty how big an RV is it, and do you have an experienced driver? Uh, we have an eight-person RV. It was, I think, the smallest we could get that was a one-way trip. So um, we have a – it's a pretty nice setup. And then uh, experienced drivers, we have – I think a couple people have driven some larger trucks, but that's about it. I think we'll have to figure that one out when we get there. Yeah, that's uh, – I always – cringe when i hear oh yeah my dad you know he wanted to come on the crew so we're just having him drive the rv it's oh. like oh my god <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're gonna be we'll be figuring yeah we're gonna have to take we'll take that seriously especially on the mountain roads they get a little tight you know? yeah so um after fundraising any other concerns you seem very calm and and pretty dialed in uh, well, you know, from the training perspective, I've, I've done a lot of this stuff. I've done some crazy rides. So I, I think I feel like I have a grasp over that. Um, other than fundraising, really, it's about a lot of the unknowns that we're going to be facing, but you can't worry about those too much because the what ifs will kill you and you really will never think of them all. I think I'm kind of approaching it mentally as I'm going to run into some pretty bad times and we're going to have to figure it out. Um, I'm pretty good at listening to my body. I know what a salt imbalance feels like. I know what dehydration feels like. I know when I'm getting low on sugars. I know, well, I soon will know what it feels like to be extremely sleep deprived on the bike too. But, uh, you know, those kinds of things, just keeping, I think a pretty balanced and calm approach goes a long way. I see a lot of athletes get too stressed out about races and you bring that anxiety into the race and then Lo and behold, they don't perform as well as they thought. I think a lot of that cortisol ends up playing into the race event as well. They get kind of used to it. So I'm trying to keep pretty calm about the race itself and just know that we're going to end up figuring some stuff out as we go. 
because I don't have that experience that a lot of the other racers do. Have you set a personal goal for the race and communicated that with your crew? So I do have a personal goal. I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll communicate it to the crew. I'd like to cover 300 miles a day, but I know that also depends on terrain. So crossing the, Mar the Rockies will be a completely different pace than the uh, crossing maybe Kansas. Hopefully, Unless there is a vicious headwind in Kansas, exactly. because you can go a lot exactly. slower in Kansas than you do through the Rockies. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll be... Uh, and talk yeah. about a mental killer. I know. Well, I mean, yeah, around here we get some pretty vicious winds too. It's one of those things that the variety is going to be, I think, logistically a big challenge. Um, but yeah, that, it would be, I would be comfortable with 300 miles a day, so long as we don't have those extreme conditions happen. Um, and then we'll, we'll adapt, obviously. But... Uh, I don't, I think that's a reasonable round goal to shoot for. And then we'll take it day by day from there. So 10 day finish. Oh, that would be phenomenal. Yeah. that would be, I'll be ecstatic with a 10 day finish. So goal setting is so important. You've got your primary, which would be 10 days. I would hope it would be reaching the finish. Officially. Oh, I understand. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no. First, yes. Sorry. Misunderstood question. Yeah. No, the uh, the first goal is to finish within the twelve day um, uh, barrier. That would be a, a huge accomplishment, regardless. And then uh, from there, uh, just uh, I guess it would be a ten day finish. Would be from a time perspective. Um, I pretty much leave it at that. It's good. You sound very realistic. Well, I hope so. I don't know. Even twelve days, I tell some of my friends, and they their jaw drops, and they're like, "That's crazy, right?" Across the country in twelve days. And I go, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, we hadn't talked about this before we began our discussion. So part of me was just cringing, thinking, I'm going to get the rookie record. I'm going to go sub eight days. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, no. Oh, wow. So thank you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> I, that might have been our last interview, or I might have really gotten into these even more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Maybe in a dream. So what can you take from that Minnesota Ram Challenge and really apply to multiplying that so much in what you're doing with Ram? Oh, yeah, that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, it's good to ride for 22 hours and, and to, to feel good at the end. Um, as good as you can feel after riding for 22 hours. But uh, I still consider Ram just a completely different level. I liken it almost to going from a half Ironman triathlon to an Ironman triathlon. People think that, oh, okay, if I do half Ironman, maybe if I run a marathon or if I bike 100 miles, then I'll be ready for an Ironman. And it's a completely different ballgame when you go to an iron distance race. Um, and I think the same thing. I mean, even if we do these 600-kilometer brevets and I add on a second day, I mean, we're talking four or five times that in the race. It's just mentally, you, you you can't fool yourself into thinking that those little things really do prepare you for the big show. So uh, I've learned some stuff from the Minnesota Ram Challenge that I'm pulling forward, but I, I'm i still approaching this very pragmatically in that this is going to be a whole new ball game. So, yeah. Now, the things that I did learn in the Ram Challenge, particularly around feet management – uh, bike position also, uh, my bike was set up extremely aggressively. Uh, so it created a lot of numbness in my hands and neck problems. Uh, and then heat management, that'll be the third one that I'd learn. 
Um, from the feet, uh, I, I had extremely tight race shoes uh, that I hadn't really broken in very well. And I had a lot of hot feet problems. There's a lot of times I was taking my feet out of the bike and just kind of soft pedaling on flats on top of my shoes and stuff like that, just to let them air out and relax and stop the compression. So um, what we're doing for the Ram Challenge, I've moved my cleat position for my bike. I've moved it further behind the ball of my foot. And I'm going to be getting a second pair of shoes that are just bigger. Uh, I think maybe one or two sizes up. We'll see how that goes in case of swelling happens. Um, and then with uh, bike position, I've been moving my stem in and changing my position. So it's a little bit less aggressive, but also much more um, manageable within my normal range of motion when I'm sitting in more of a relaxed form. So even my, my sitting position is not too stretched out. Same with my time trial bike. And then uh, from a heat management standpoint, I mean, we use lots of ice. I think most people do. Um, coming up with the right clothing, I think, would be important as well. So we'll uh, we'll be playing around with some stuff this summer on some of the hotter days, just going out and testing out some sun sleeves and, and sunscreens and stuff like that. Well, this coming from a non-Big Miles guy, this was really the best advice I heard on mm -hmm. someone who's planning to shoot for 300 miles a day to see if you're ready for it and that is around the beginning of may you should start on a friday at 5 a.m whatever your given start time and you ride 300 miles mm -hmm. and if you finish that at midnight then you've got five and a half hours to sleep and be ready and start your next 300 mile day mm -hmm. and you do that friday saturday and sunday so you give yourself a 24-hour slot. If it takes you 22 hours to ride 300 miles, well, you've got to start in yeah. Yeah. two hours. So that would be a really good thing good for test. you to be shooting for as you're preparing. That's a really good piece of advice, Jordan. I'm actually going to take that forward. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Robert Ferris, it's going to be a lot of fun following you. Uh, all the way to the finish line in Annapolis. Uh, fingers crossed. Thanks, George. Ram rookie Robert Ferris joining us on Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.